Welcome to the Marathon Podcast. The Marathon Podcast exists for the hard conversations centered around the truth that is God's word. I'm here for those of you walking through challenging seasons, questioning God's character and love for you. I'm here to assure you that God loves you so much that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. I'm here to celebrate your victories with you, celebrate the joys in life, and I'm here to share the good news of the gospel. I'm here to talk about Jesus. So with that, let's get into today's episode. It was the year 2013. It was a mild March morning. I was standing in a sea of people all by myself. I couldn't see anything in front of me except runners. I heard the starting gun and the large group of people started to move. Slowly, it started to expand as the people in front of me increased their pace and the people in the middle maintained. There was more room now around me, and I was able to take in the sights of Washington, D.C. I had a slow but steady pace, and in typical fashion, I managed to convince myself that I needed more, and I started running a little faster, competing with everyone around me. I wasn't paying attention to my own race, just concerned about theirs. I tried to keep pace with the pacing guides and would fall behind and then catch the next one. I exhausted myself running everyone else's race that I wasn't even paying attention to the thoughts in my head. Eventually, I found myself at mile 18, questioning my training and whether or not I had devoted enough time to it. I was questioning whether or not I was cut out for this. I wasn't paying any attention to the path before me that when mile 19 approached and I ran over a graded bridge, I tripped. More so over my own feet and I was definitely capable of finishing the race, but I fell. I got back up, refused to run at that point. My own stubbornness and pride had taken me out of the race altogether, and by mile 20, I was hitching a ride to the finish line. I was embarrassed and discouraged. I gave up. I didn't want to talk to anyone. Fast forward. And it's the year 2014, a mild March morning. I was standing in the exact same spot as I was a year ago, this time with a friend, a friend who trained for this race with me while we lived in separate states, a friend who held me accountable, not only of our training, but of my thoughts from starting line to finish line. I heard the start gun release and the sea of people moved forward. My friend and I settled in for a long run. She was much taller than I was, and her stride was probably double that of mine, but she stayed with me without saying a single word, without complaining one time. She reminded me of various scriptures along the way, like Isaiah 40, 31. She encouraged me just by simply being there and reminding me to get out of my head. The marathon and the half marathon split, and suddenly it was much quieter, and there was a lot less people cheering on the sidelines. But there was my friend, silently encouraging me, 
We trekked on, and at mile 18, my head was silent. And by silent, I mean it was clear. I remember having this goofy smile plastered on my face, but it was genuine. I was genuinely having a fun time and in the presence of great company. She continued to motivate me through mile 19. And then at some point, I realized that I was at mile 21. I had made it past my breaking point without even knowing it. My friend looked at me and asked around mile 22 if I would be okay to finish by myself. And I remember probably yelling it because I was so tired and had no measurement of sound. Yes, absolutely. And I said, thank you. I'm not sure if she knew what I was thanking her for, but she was an encouragement and the Holy Spirit used her to keep me focused on my race instead of those around me. Next thing I know, I'm crossing the finish line, surrounded by my friends, my family, my husband, and most significantly, I see my friend, Noelle, who had run a whomping 22 miles, probably slower than she was capable of because she was running it with me, and she was waiting for me with a smile and a hug. I did it. We did it. We finished the race. I finished my race. Well, welcome back to the Marathon Podcast. I hope you I hope you enjoyed that little trip down memory lane to my first marathon um, and my second marathon, my redemption run. That's what I always call it. <laughs> You'll have to bear with me. I'm a little congested. My throat's a little sore. I think it's ironic that I feel like I'm getting sick before I go to record this episode, but, and you'll find out maybe later, but Furthermore, we shall persevere. (laughs) Um, I'm excited about this episode. I wanted to explain the meaning behind the name. And it's really like a, just a postmark for me as well. It's a, just a symbol of my life and what I'm going through and what I've been going through and what my family's gone through, what we've been going through. The marathon is so symbolic to me because it's been used over the years to describe life itself. Like life is a marathon. It's not a sprint. But in this case, I would like to compare it to the Christian walk. And there are so many places in the Bible that speak about endurance and endurance is the key component to running a marathon. It's literally a marathon. It's 26.2 miles and you're not going to sprint 26.2 regardless of whether you run super fast or whether you run super slow <laughs> like your girl. You need endurance. You have to be able to muscularly and physically endure the 26.2 in order to make it to the end. You need mental endurance, you need emotional endurance, you need physical endurance. It requires stamina, perseverance, And I want to talk to you about how this pertains to the Christian walk. And just it would just give you a clear picture about why this podcast is called the Marathon Podcast. So the Marathon Podcast is a representation of the greatest race we'll ever run. And that's the race we run as Christians. The Marathon is such a valuable memory for me. And I play it over and over again, even in times of joy, in times of triumph, mostly in times of suffering. It was during my first marathon, I learned the importance of running your own race. And I can't stress this enough. 
run your own race. I have spent my life comparing myself to others, whether it be in ministry or just physical appearance through marathon running. I mean, you're surrounded by people who all probably look different. Some are more fit than others. Some have been doing this for years and I've constantly compared myself to other people. Marathon running, running in general is an individual sport. It's about your pace and your speed. You are the only one that that you're working with. It's just you. You really, it's not even a team sport. You really can't do anything with anybody else. You have to focus on your race. Because when you try to run someone else's race, likely you will lose sight of the path that you're on and you'll easily succumb to sin and temptation. And by sin and temptation, we can picture that as like a crack in the sidewalk or like a stick in the road or something like that. Something that you would trip over. You'll be tripped up on the things that are on your own path because you're so focused on what's on theirs. And then the next thing you know, life takes you out because the unexpected comes your way. But really, the unexpected isn't actually unexpected if we're maintaining our own race and not looking to the left or to the right. If you're focused in front of you, you'll see what's ahead. You'll see what's right in front of you. And you'll have time to be able to maneuver around it. That's the importance of focusing on your own race. Running that same course again the second time taught me that we do not, that we cannot do anything apart from Jesus. Jesus is the vine. Jesus is the source of strength. And when we do things apart from him, we do things superficially and they don't hold up against the nature of this wicked world. My thoughts in my head could not hold up against the lies that I was also speaking to myself about not being capable of doing this, not training hard enough. And maybe I didn't train hard enough, but this apart from that, if you do things within the strength, the supernatural strength of Jesus, if you're a Christian, you're doing anything physical and you're calling on the name of the Lord, you will find strength in him and you'll be able to persevere, whether it's walking to the finish line or running to the finish line, you will get there. It doesn't matter the pace that you're going, but you'll get there. I gave up completely. I called out. I hitched a ride literally on a medical truck. I was out (laughs) and I was embarrassed by the time I got to the end because I didn't actually finish anything. I didn't earn any medal and I don't have a medal from that race actually because I came from the other side of the finish line. So nobody even knew I walked through. Actually, Tony was very confused when he found me. Anyways, Jesus is the vine. Jesus is the source of strength and he is where we find our help. He's where we find our strength. When we do things apart from him, they're superficial and they don't hold up against the wicked nature of this world. Then the big bad wolf comes along and before he's even done huffing and puffing, your house is already on the ground. The Bible says in John 15, and these are red letters. This is Jesus speaking. So let's pay close attention to this. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. The fruit is what we bear by abiding and remaining in him. He is the vine. We are a branch of the vine, but if we're not connected to the source, we'll never bear fruit. Your fruit could look like anything that brings him glory. 
finishing that race maybe wouldn't have brought him glory. And so sometimes I think what I've glorified myself, if I cross the finish line, like, yes, it's a feat, but like, I can do nothing apart from him. And, and was I truly in that place where I could have been able to give him glory? And I heard something, I believe it was in you. So it's probably Tony that said it. And we were reading through some part of Acts and we were talking about somebody who is about to be healed and something Tony said that stuck. It stood out to me and I'm, I took notes somewhere, but it said that if you are looking for healing, you better position your heart so that you're ready to give God glory when you receive that healing, which means that you have to purify and cleanse your heart so that you're not thinking of yourself when these things happen. The blessing isn't necessarily for us to feel full and to be blessed and to feel blessed. The blessing is that somebody would witness the miracle of the Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ in our life. Then they too, in turn, would want to give their lives to Jesus, which is a miracle in itself because salvation is a miracle. That's the blessing. The blessing is the is adding to the kingdom. And that's what we should be after. Not a physical, tangible blessing, that like a medal that we wear around our neck, but the blessing of being able to, to spread the good news and see others come to Jesus. <clears throat> so apart from him, we can do nothing. And that includes physical marathons and the marathon that is life itself. We're in the long game here, people, and we need supernatural strength to stay in it. And we get this strength from a place of habitation in Jesus. Habitation, living, my habitat. I live in my home. I I abide in my home. I live here. I'm here often. And the same way we live in our homes is the same way we should live in the presence of God. Literally living in his presence. Not by might, not even by power, but by the spirit of the living God is how you will get through what you are suffering through. And to be honest... During my first attempt at that marathon, I did not call on Jesus's name once. And I was a believer at that point. The Lord saved me in 2011, but I left him out of every single part of it from training to race day. And we see how that went. And the second time he was the center of it all, mostly because I had a friend who encouraged me to keep him at the center of it all. And that's the beauty of the body of Christ. That's why we're here for one another. I, my friend, am encouraging you to keep Jesus at the center of it all. He's your vine. Stay in the vine. And then you can do all of these miraculous things because of the power that lives in you from the blood, the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's not you, but it's this power that lives within you because the Holy Spirit lives within you. The marathon also taught me to run my own race. And I feel like someone needs to hear that. Whoever is listening I feel like you need to hear that you need to run your own race. I know that somebody else's race might look a little bit more appealing because it may have a little less suffering. Believe me, I know. Somebody's race might look a little bit more appealing because they may have a little bit, they they may go on more vacations. They may have more money. Their house might be cleaner. They may have, you know, what seems to be the perfect family. First of all, if you're gaining all of this insight off of social media, I can tell you that you're only looking at a highlight reel. And I'm sure you've heard that multiple times. And I try to be authentic so that you can see that our life is not rainbows and sunshine all the time, but not everybody tries to be authentic. So please just know that you have to stay in your lane. 
You have to stay in your lane. You have to run your race. And then thank God for whatever's going on in somebody else's life. Thank God that he's doing whatever he's doing in their life, that they can do whatever they're doing. But then ask God to continue to pour into you so that you can keep being the vessel that he needs you to be. You can't do that focused on somebody else's race. You will get tripped up. You will succumb to sin, sin being covetousness or something else of that nature. You'll start comparing yourself. You'll start doubting God. Don't don't veer to the left or to the right unless God is saying, go around the stick. (laughs) If you're ever crazy enough to register for a marathon, you'll notice that when you register, it only asks for your name and it only gives you one number. It's not me and -and so-and-so running. It's me I get a number, I get one bib, nobody else has that number, and it's me in that with that number who starts and finishes the race. Each runner at that marathon was running the same course, but their race looked a little different. Mental, their mental race looked a little different from mine. Their training habits, what they did, it looked different. The course we ran start to finish was the same. And the course that we run in life, start to finish, if you're a believer, hopefully will be the same. But the race that we're in looks a little different. And that's okay. That's okay. Our job is to encourage one another. And sometimes the most encouragement that you can give somebody is running your race because then they're encouraged to run theirs too and not try and run somebody else's. Yes, we all run the same course, but our race looks different. In life, we're all running the same course, but our race will look different. My race with my family currently is afflicted by ALS. And even if another runner, check this y'all, even if another runner was also afflicted by ALS, their race looks drastically different from mine for two reasons. Everyone's marathon in life looks different and ALS is different for everyone. We have so many friends in the ALS community. Sadly, we've realized how how massive this community is and it breaks my heart. But at the same time, I'm encouraged by each of them because they're forced to stay in their lane. They're forced to run their race. They can only do what they can only do. And that's it. And ALS affects them differently than it affects others. And we can only help each other so much and share what we know and but it ultimately everybody's journey through this will look different and will have a different timeline and lord willing something will happen where everybody will have the same result so we have the opportunity you can do big things here by staying in your lane by running your race with those two things that i just said We have nothing to compare. So because we have nothing to compare, we can kill the thief of joy with truth today. Comparison will trip you up. It tripped me up literally and figuratively. I was comparing myself to everybody on that course. The moment that we start comparing is the moment we will start to stumble. Comparison will lead us to do things outside of our character like give up. Comparing your marriage to someone else's marriage may lead you to give up on your marriage. Comparing your walk with the Lord may lead you to give up on your walk with the Lord if you're comparing it to somebody else's. You may think, well, I'm not doing as much as they're doing, or I'm not, 
in ministry the way that they are. I'm just stacking chairs. No one's just stacking chairs here, you guys. Everything you do is influential. If everything you do is full of the joy of the Lord, if you are abiding in Christ, then everything you do is influential for the kingdom. It's the thief of joy. Comparison is the thief of joy. Happiness is superficial. And I believe happiness is rooted in comparison. Because if you believe that if you just have what they have, then you'll be happy. If my marriage will just look like this, then I'll be happy. Or, you know, if I could just get this promotion, then I'll be happy. Then when it's gone, you're not happy. You've been afflicted by that. You've been affected by that circumstance. That circumstance, what's happening to you has determined your happiness. Joy is rooted so deeply in the salvation and the blood of Jesus Christ that when you're truly living in him, when you're truly abiding in him, when you're in this place of habitation in the spirit of God, you will truly be full of joy that even the things that should kill you are resurrected as something beautiful. Listen, even the things that should kill you will be resurrected as something beautiful when you're full of joy, when you're living in his will, when you're abiding in Jesus, even the things that should kill you are resurrected as something beautiful. God uses the good, he'll use the bad and he'll use the ugly and the beautiful and all the things to bring glory to him. And if you abide in him, then you get to be a part of that. And that in itself is amazing. Ooh, y'all, I'm sweating. <laughs> the marathon taught me about endurance. In life, it is no mystery that you will have to endure some things. There are things that you will go through that will be challenging. They'll be difficult. <clears throat> and that's beyond physical illness. I know there are some people who have had to endure through infertility, waiting for that baby just waiting and enduring negative test after negative test. Some people have endured difficult seasons in their marriage where they didn't think they were going to make it. And they had to persevere through that season in order to see the fruit on the other side. In life, you will have to endure. We have to endure in this life, not because God doesn't love us. It's because this life and this world that we live in is fallen and it's full of hurt and pain. And sometimes God allows things because our sufferings will lead us to his instructions. In Psalm 119, in 71 and 72, it says, My suffering was good for me, for it taught me to pay attention to your decrees. Your instructions are more valuable to me than millions in gold and silver. The amount of things that I have learned from my season and my ongoing season of suffering is more valuable to me than any good year. And I value the good years, but the instruction from God is so valuable because in those seasons when you're suffering and you're walking through doubt or you're walking through illness or whatever you're, you're going through, you're, you're being instructed by him. He's burning away false hopes during your season of suffering so that you can be revealed 
what you actually have hope in. You start to learn that you cannot have hope in money. You cannot have hope in people. You cannot have hope in your home or in your car or in your job or in your children or your spouse. You can only have hope in Jesus. And he burns all that false hope away during seasons of suffering. And it aligns us with him. And it brings us back into our vine. It brings the branch back to its vine. It repairs the damage that we might have caused through our false hope. One time, y'all get this one time, this is off the rail. (laughs) I had a dead, I had dead plants, right? I had, they were hanging on my front porch and Tony told me to take them off. (laughs) They were embarrassing. They were dead. Well, I told him, I bet him, um, that in seven days, (laughs) I should have said three, that would have been way better (laughs) that in seven days I can bring them back to life. Right. So (laughs) you know what I did to those plants over the course of seven days? You know what I gave it? water. Tell me why Jesus calls himself the living water. Where do we find refreshing for our soul? Living water, Jesus. These plants, I wish I had a picture, but you wouldn't be able to see it anyway. They came back to life after seven days. I think I tried to share this on Facebook one time, but it just wasn't working out. They came back to life after seven days. I don't have them anymore. Obviously they're dead, dead now, but like that's the, that's the beauty of water is that it literally brings things back to life. In your season of suffering, you might feel kind of dead, but if you're abiding in him, if you're allowing him to remove things from you, refining hurts. I wouldn't want to get burned. I wouldn't want to get burned even if there was a diamond in the middle of me, but it, it hurts, but it's worth it at the end. And his instruction and what he's giving you during your season of suffering is so well worth it. By the time you get there, you can say, Jesus, thank you for everything that you taught me. I'm so thankful for this season that I'm in. I'm thankful for the season that we went through because if it wasn't for that season, I don't think I would have learned the power of community and fellowship. I wouldn't have learned how to pray on my own. I wouldn't have learned that I can go straight to Jesus. I can go straight to my source. I wouldn't have learned what it means to abide in him if it wasn't for the season of suffering. I pray that you guys don't ever go through this kind of suffering. And I pray that the suffering that you're in right now in the name of Jesus, that it would cease, that it would become lighter for you. I pray that his yoke would be upon you. But I also pray that you would receive whatever he's teaching you in this moment because it's powerful and we can't miss it. We can't miss what he's trying to teach us or else it's all for nothing. And if Jesus died on the cross for the sins of the world, don't let it be all for nothing. Abide in him, live in him, and your sufferings will become much more than just suffering to you. This is gold to me now. It's gold because of what I've learned. I pray differently, you guys. You can pray differently. You'll see God in a different way. You'll see him as the miraculous, wonder-working God that he is. You'll see him as Jehovah Jireh. You'll see him as Jehovah Rapha. You'll see him as who he is, his character. You'll see everything that he is in that moment, in that time of suffering. And I pray that he would reveal those things to you right now in the name of Jesus if you're going through a season of suffering. This is what the Bible says about endurance. This is what the Bible says about our sufferings. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, 
through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings. Y'all rejoice in them sufferings, knowing that suffering, get it, here it comes, knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character. And I don't know about you, but I want to be like Jesus. Character produces hope and our hope does not put us to shame. Our hope is Jesus. Because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. For while we were still weak at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. That's Romans 5, 1 through 6. And Romans is the is the book. You should read it. I'm telling you, you'll find everything you need to know in there. Everything you need in the whole Bible. But like Romans is a, it's eye-opening for me. We can rejoice in our sufferings, as silly as that sounds, because if you have a relationship with Christ, your suffering is producing something. It's not just suffering for the sake of suffering. If you read it here, it says, through him, we have obtained access by faith. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character. Character produces hope and hope does not put us to shame. And you guys, that's a lot of things for suffering to produce. It's a, that's amazing that something like that would be productive, you know? It doesn't just have to be, it doesn't have to be pretty. Sometimes done is better than perfect. Sometimes you just got to lay on the floor and just be there and just, and just be there. And it's better than perfect. You don't have to have all the words to say, but you just have to call. I just got to live in his presence we have to endure and and finishing that marathon the second time around i don't think it wasn't pretty i mean i bled through my shoe and i wish i could show you the pictures i'll find them i looked a hot mess it was all up and, oh my gosh it was a hot mess i bled through my shoe i wish i had those shoes those were those were good shoes it didn't it wasn't pretty <laughs> okay but i finished it i finished the race and that's what we have to do i endured it's not pretty Done is better than perfect. Just endure. Jesus endured the cross for the joy set before him. We are that joy. And his joy is that we would know him, love him, and live for him. My daughter taught me a lesson in perseverance this week at her pumpkin run. Um, It was this cute little run that her school had. Um, And we got there. They said, go. And all the girls took off running. It's completely chaotic. It's crazy. She tripped a little bit in the beginning. And I thought for sure, I was like, oh no, I had like, like flashbacks. I was like, oh, she's going down. And then I saw her get up and she kept going. And I was so excited. I was literally fist pumping in the field. People thought I was crazy. They probably thought I was wild because I was like, have baby on my hip. And I was like, go, go. She persevered in that moment. She tripped and she stumbled, but she didn't stop. She persevered to the end. She ran her race, y'all. She ran her race. And that's all that mattered. That's all that mattered. This is my personal favorite verse in the Bible regarding endurance. And this is probably the verse that this podcast was founded on and that my life is now founded on. (laughs) Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. 
Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, there it is again, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, seated at the right hand of the throne of God. This is probably my favorite verse in the Bible now. It's my life first. I think it's become very, very, it's something that's ingrained in my head. Run with endurance the race set before you. This is your race, Corey. Run with endurance the race set before you. I literally wake up and remind myself of that. Everything that I just spoke about is right inside of this verse. Let us run with endurance the race set before us. The race set before me is different than what's before you. Our finish line, if you have a relationship with Christ, will look the same, but how we navigate to that point will look different because we all suffer in life differently or we all go through things in life differently. We jo- we are joyful in life in different places, which is why our races can't be compared. Your walk cannot be compared to my walk. Your marriage cannot be compared to my marriage. My marriage can't be compared to my friend's marriage or our pastor's marriage. They're all different and they're all testimonial and they can all give God glory if we would let it, if we would allow to see Jesus in our suffering. And lastly, y'all, I know, I'm just, I'm really racking it up like the time. (laughs) So what do you focus on in order to run this race with endurance? Like how do you focus in order to maintain endurance? He gives us the instruction. The writer of Hebrews gives us the instruction, run the race with endurance, then also gives us the how to. This is the how to. Run with endurance, the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. Jesus is the author and the perfecter of our faith. He's the champion of our faith. He's the reason why I am even here talking to you right now. Jesus is the reason for everything. Jesus is the good in everything. He manages something. He makes something beautiful out of the things that should be distru- that should be killing us. He can take beautiful. He can take the things that should kill us and resurrect them for something beautiful. I, I, that's that that right there. <clears throat> He is the champion of our faith. When I first started running, this is what I was taught. I was taught to keep your gaze only a few feet in front of you, chin down, eyes up, just a few feet ahead. Don't look too far in the distance because you could trip on something that's right in front of you because you just, you need to be able to see what's, what's right ahead, just a few feet ahead. Be focused on your steps ahead. The finish line is not even in sight anyway when you start the race. So you have to just believe that it's coming for now and focus on the path that's in front of you. The end to ALS is not in front of us, but we have to just believe that it's coming. We have to just believe and trust that God is preserving my husband and finishing the work that he started. He started a good work in the beginning of this, in the very beginning of this diagnosis. He already implanted the seed. He already started a good work. 
And we have to trust and believe that he's finishing the work that he started. And that goes for all of you out there that are listening, that are going through something difficult. He started a good work in you. He started a good work in you. Now endure, allow him to water that seed, allow him to continue to fertilize that seed and give him the time, give him the space and the opportunity because he's outside of time. So our timetable looks different from his, but allow him to work these things out and finish what he has started because he doesn't just leave things undone. That's not, that's not God. He didn't leave salvation undone. If he were going to leave that undone, Jesus wouldn't have walked out of the tomb, but he knew what needed to happen and he did it. He finished what he started. And that's one thing that's a characteristic about God that I love. He finishes what he starts. He doesn't leave us out here to just be wandering in the wilderness. We're, we're out of that. <laughs> we can learn from the Israelites. Be focused on your steps ahead. Take that running principle into your life and focus on what's right in front of you. And better yet, make Jesus what's right in front of you. Right in front of Jesus. He was hanging on the cross while he was hanging on the cross. Right in front of him were the ones that he was dying for, y'all. His focus was literally right in front of him. He was so focused on people that he forgave the thief that was hanging next to him. He's our example for a reason, and we should take note of his gaze during suffering. Take note of his gaze during suffering. Chin down, eyes up. You guys, that's going to do it for today's episode. That's the reason why this is even here. That's the that's the whole explanation of the marathon podcast and behind the name. That's the story behind the name. That's where it came from. And that's the significance of the marathon to me. And now you guys will know if you ever see me running some ungodly amount, (laughs) it's not ungodly. Now, you know (laughs) that I just love running because of what it's done and how it has resonated in me and how God has used the marathon 26.2 to resonate in me endurance and perseverance and It's just been a pillar in this season that we're walking through endurance and perseverance. And um, that's what this podcast is founded on. It's founded on endurance and perseverance, telling the story of life persevered, life persevered by the grace of God, telling the story of life persevered by the grace of God. And that's not, not just my life, but like my husband's life, our life together, persevered by the grace of God, persevering through what might be insurmountable circumstances Uh, terminal disease with three children and a future that we want to see lived out, persevering through those things by the grace of God. Life is awfully hard to persevere through if we don't know Jesus. And so I want to take a moment and pray for those listening who may not know him. So just pray with me if you're a believer for the ones who do not know Jesus. Father God, I just thank you right now for anyone listening who doesn't know your son as their savior. And I pray that you would speak to them in a way that resonates with them, speak to them in a way about endurance and perseverance that resonates to them. And I pray that your son would make himself known to them right now. I pray that they would have dreams and visions of him, that their heart would be pricked. God, I pray that you would speak life over them, Lord, and the life of your son, the life of your son, Jesus. I pray that you would speak that over them, over them, speak to them the truths of salvation and what exactly Jesus did on the cross for them. Help them understand salvation so clearly that they could not 
they could not deny it even if they wanted to, God. I pray that you would rescue them right now, that you would call them out of darkness and into your glorious light, God. I also want to pray right now for those who are suffering. So I, I want to come in agreement with you while we suffer together that God will finish what he started. So pray with me for those who are also suffering. Father God, I just thank you for the truth of your word. I thank you for the the Bible. I thank you for the Holy Spirit. I thank you for just the truth that we have in our hands to be able to withstand the things of life. I thank you for perseverance. I thank you for your son who died on the cross so that we can persevere. I thank you for his perseverance all the way to the end, that he would see it all the way through. I thank you for the blood that was shed for me and for anyone listening right now. And I pray for those who are suffering, God, that you would meet them where they're at, that you would meet them where they're at. Give them a glimpse, a glimpse of your glory, God. Give them a glimpse of your glory, that they would be able to persevere knowing how much you love them. God, show them their, show them your son. Show them what he's done and how he's persevered. Lead them to places in the Bible where they'll be able to see how he's persevered. Lead them to places in the Bible where other people have persevered and show them the truth that they can and they will if they abide in you. God, give us, give us the, the, the tunnel vision to be able to abide in you in a world that is so noisy and crowded. Let us, let us hone in on your voice. Let us discern your voice, God. And I just pray that you would bring peace to those suffering right now. I pray for peace that passes understanding in Jesus name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope to have you back next week. I can't wait for that episode either. It's going to be a good one. Oh, Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for hanging in there. God bless you. God bless your family. I'm praying for you. If you need prayer, find me on Instagram. It is Corey Nunez. Please reach out to me so I can pray for you and your family. Thank you so much for joining me.